On your Gaydar discussing all things LGBT, be sure to follow us on social media. It's at On Your Gaydar across all socials. Hello and welcome to On Your Gaydar, your guide to the gay scene with me, your favourite girlfriend from Kaylee Golden and... Cheryl Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Two best friends just here to talk a lot about the gay scene and our experiences. Um, thank you so much for listening to any of the podcasts so far, if you have. If you haven't and you're new to us, then hello. Remember that you can listen back to all of them on our Spotify and on Apple Podcasts as well. We're everywhere. Yeah, welcome to the party. <laughs> we like to start the show off with different questions that we've been sent in. Um, Sherelle, what have you got for us? So this week's first question is um, from Shannon Murphy on Instagram, um, one of my friends. So it is, why do lesbians fall into categories like femme, butch, stem, when heterosexuals just use men and women? I've grown into the gay scene with these categories just being there and often them yeah. easier being there just because it's a lot easier to explain things. Yeah. It's just easier to say that I'm a femme and I like studs. All it is is just types. That's all it is. Yeah. So, and you can apply them to heterosexual relationships because it's just certain types of of people. So you might say, I like a roadman or I like, it's just stereotypes. It's just types of people, really. Yeah. So like, I like a more sensitive guy. I like a roadman. I like, I don't know, guys from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, it's just categories and you don't have to use them. I know some people don't like to be put in categories, but it's just there. They're just there. Just don't worry about them. <laughs> yeah. So um, next question. Yep. So I've been sent a question from speak underscore less 93. She said, how do masculine females make friends with other masculine females online? I would say to just go for it. Just put your pride aside and just message people who you think, do you know what? I follow you on social media and I really think that we would make great friends. Just do it. Put your pride aside. Throw yourself out there and make friends. And at the end of the day, if you listen to this and you think, oh my gosh, I would get on so well with Sharon and Kaylee. I would be sick friends with them. I'm feeling what they're doing. They just slide in our DMs and make friends. Yeah, but Kaylee's not very nice and I'm lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Whatever. I am lovely. You are. Uh, what questions you got for us, Sherelle? This one is quite a lengthy one. Go on then. Hit us with it. So my friend, Charlie, um... She asked, why do you think people misunderstand the different meanings between the LGBTQ plus community, such as asexuals and um, the difference between transgender and the gay men who just like to wear girls clothing and makeup, if that makes any sense? No, yeah, it completely makes sense. It's just basically, why aren't people educated? Yeah. Again, I think it comes to um, school and when you have relationship education in school you're not really educated on the lgbt community yeah. again maybe because the teachers just simply aren't educated in it either um so it just comes down to people actually doing your research the sexualities that i don't even know about yeah. there's so many sexualities out there so 
it's just maybe doing your research if you're intrigued by them and just don't be ignorant don't assume things if you don't know ask or google yeah simple this was a two-part question so shall i read the next part of the question yeah hit us with it (laughs) also another question what's your views on lgbtq plus being taught in schools as i believe it should be taught in schools so children can understand more and be able to be their true self that is so true do you want to know why i believe that it should have been taught in schools because i've been watching benadorm and there was a transvestite in is it transvestite is that what you say um and he, when he was having a date with one of the, uh, when he was on a date, he was basically saying that he gets a lot of married men, like he gets a lot of married men that are trying to be with him, which I find a little bit weird. Like, why didn't they kind of live their real truth? Like, maybe because they didn't know about, yeah, maybe they didn't even know about they, they were gay because they didn't really know what gay was. And now it's such a big thing now. And people are more aware of it and it's become like a bigger thing. People are actually starting to live their true style. Whereas they should have been doing that way, way back in the day. No, it's true. And by getting people early on, you start to normalise things. Even for stuff, I'm lucky. I've never had an STD. I've never had an STD. But the facts are, I didn't know how lesbians, two girls pass an std until i went to university so not until i was late into being 18 did i know that when i'm having sex with another woman that i could catch an std and this is how you catch it do you know what i mean and i should have been educated on that in school but i wasn't luckily it just popped into my mind and i googled it and found out okay this is how that happens this is why i should still be safe blah 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 but if i didn't you don't know what could happen. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure there's people that have contracted STDs. And they don't even know about it because they never, ever get tested. Yeah, because yeah. You, you just assume. You're supposed to get tested every six months and you can actually get this thing that's delivered to your house every six months. And it, it's like a home testing kit and you test yourself and you send it back off. That's important. Yeah, so get that. <laughs> girls, seriously, girls as well. I think in the gay community, we point a lot, not not us personally, but a lot of people point the finger towards the gay guys and the make out like the gay the gay guys have STDs. And, and obviously that was a big thing before HIV in the gay community was a massive yeah. thing. But... STDs aren't just with gay boys in the gay community. Like us, they are everywhere. They we are have, everywhere. Yeah, we have to be careful as well. Don't think just because um, there's no dicks involved that you can't catch an STD because you can. Oh my god, Katie! I just remembered something. What? When I was younger, yeah, um, there was these two girls in the smoking area having an argument. One of them was like bi, I think, or she was into men or she something like that. And this other girl was like a lesbian and she's just like, this is why lesbians have got STDs because they fuck dirty bitches like you. There'll be no um, STDs in the lesbian community if it wasn't for you. And I just thought of that and I remember who it was now. Oh my gosh. But it's not, you can't. I remember sexual it. girls for there being STDs in the gay community. Yeah, no, you can't. That is completely That's yeah. ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Because it had to start somewhere, even if it was to start with a man or if it was to start with a woman. Yeah. Like, people people get around, people do things, like... 
it can be with anybody exactly that so the answer to the question is yes we completely think that you should be taught um lgbt sex education in schools a million percent been sent a question from anonymous um yeah when you're sending your questions in you can always remain anonymous just make sure you remind us and tell us otherwise we just say your name um it is my family don't accept my sexuality what should i do personally i would just be like i'd just leave like i just i'd just be like i can't even like because your sexuality is a part of who you are it's like the color of your skin like the curls in your hair it's just who you are so if they can't accept that about you then move on you can't let other people's negative energy be absorbed into you because then you'll just be sad and lonely (laughs) so just get your ass about that house exactly go and live your true life yeah because otherwise you'll just feel suppressed and i know it's hard to say oh yeah just leave your family behind etc but trust me you will find a family in the gay yeah. community. You will find that because people just like you, whose family aren't accepting them, there is people out there. So you will find a family in the gay community. And once you start to do things for yourself, let's say if you start saving to move out on your own and live that, you'll start to see a bigger world outside of being in a house and feeling suppressed around your loved ones. And hopefully, as you continue to educate them on your sexuality and just be yourself, hopefully they'll start to yeah. accept it. But if not, then you just need to keep stepping and keep living yeah. your living your truth. Just be fabulous. Well, yeah, exactly. You're fabulous. You are fabulous. Is there any other questions? Uh, oh, we've got, will you marry me? No, she can't marry you. <laughs> that closes the questions then. We're going to be talking to Karis and Nat from Urban Slag. On your gaydar discussing all things LGBT, be sure to follow us on social media. It's at On Your Gaydar across all socials. So excited because we all know Pride, 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 Pride is meant to be coming, but it's not quite here. And we're all wishing that it would be in Urban Slag next week. But we're not. We're going to do the closest thing that we can. We have Nat and Karis on the line from Urban Slag. Hello. How are you both? Yeah, oh, good, so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I definitely want to know is how did Urban Slag actually start? Um, I think it, start, well, it started in 2010. Um, the way it actually started, like, it was a weird one. And Karis, like, it's kind of like, we basically, like, we used to go out raving all the time. Um, we used to go to like, we used to go to London, go to Bootylicious. Um, we used to go another event called Lush um, in Manchester. And then it just kind of like, we were just we just kind of was just speaking about it one day and was like, you know what, like we, we don't want to travel so much all the time, like just to go somewhere where we're comfortable sort of thing. So um, we started speaking about it and said, oh, do you know what, why not make like an urban gay event in Birmingham? Um, so we just kind of like used our contacts, spoke to um, my cousin Phil, he does graphic designing, um, asked him like if he could help us do a flyer. Um, our friends um, Amari and Kristen, also known as um, Macarilla Swipes, spoke to them if they could like DJ for us. Um, my cousin Carton, he's a photographer. So we just had like loads of people that basically like were creatives and stuff. And we just kind of asked them if they would all help us out um, to kind of create this event. Um, who else was there? Um, oh, Monique as well, who, who's still our DJ now. We met her in Manchester, didn't we? And um, 
at one of the Lush events and uh, she started DJing with us from like the second event and that's that's kind of basically how it started I'd say um yeah because I guess we're so young as well but we're like how hard can it be man let's just do a rave and I guess we weren't really thinking that mm. we'd be here 10 years later yeah <laughs> obviously glad so happy that we are but we were just like you know what we love we, we used to go to deviate in it that oh my gosh deviate 10 pounds entry free drinks till two. Oh yeah that everyone was in there everyone was in there i used to hear about that but i never actually went i don't think it's legal anymore i don't think you can do yeah. that anymore but we'd be there till so. like free drinks till 2 a.m piling up trying to get drinks before just before that 2 a.m cut off and we liked it in deviate and you know we like but we just kind of knew that there wasn't really just a space for us but without really knowing yeah. that we were trying to do we were wanting to do something which was actually turned out to be quite a radical thing and quite a game changer we just wanted a space for ourselves and just wanted to listen to our music and not have to like go yeah. to clubs and like you know just bop our heads along to like I don't even know indie or whatever or you know <laughs> the, the, the trance kind of so you just wanted to shake a little leg yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and basically <laughs> and, and, and all of our friends like we've just got such a creative group of friends and family we didn't even realize at the time so Natalie's cousins to this day do our flyer and do our photography to this day mm. that same guy Carton you see in the rave that's our old school like <laughs> he's been taking photos <laughs> from from day so it was quite easy really to like piece together a team um, of yeah. people and then that team just yeah. got together um, and because it, it was Rams that first rave we were like whoa who are all yeah. these people? Yeah. That first, that first rave, we were shut. <laughs> yeah. The first ever rave that you did, where was it? Was it was it in the top floor of Nightingales or was it in the core? Nah, not even. Where was it? It's called Red Bar, isn't it? Where would you even describe where that is? Pigeon Park? Random. Pigeon Park, opposite um, um, Louis Vuitton. Like nowhere near the sea, nowhere. Nowhere near the sea. Nowhere near. Mm. Held about 80 oh. people, I think really small yeah. but we, we rammed it out we knew straight away we're like this can't we've got to do it again that was the thing because we didn't even really have a plan if you think mm. about it in that we didn't think this is an event we're going to run for a year to no. we just thought we want to put on a night and that was kind of it really but i don't even think we had a plan for after that first event i don't remember thinking there's going to be a second or third or fourth but then after that no, first definitely. event it was so busy we were like this is neat this is needed this is bigger than like you and me like why look, look, look two steps this is um <laughs> we soon realised we needed to be in the, in the you know, the, the gay village. I think we went and went to Eden Bar, didn't we? Oh, yeah. We had a rave in, the, in their marquee, in the tent. We had, like, live drums and everything, remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had, a, we had a drum kit, bungles. we had bungles. <laughs> <laughs> we had, like, bungles going to the house and it was mad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And as you said, like, you've been going for 10 years now. It's a 10-year anniversary. And I've seen, in the short amount of time that I've been going out, I'm only 21. I've seen a few other urban events try and pop up, but not really work. How have you made it work for this long? I think I think it was just timing, to be honest. I think when we started it, there was nothing really there like that. And I think everyone's just kind of followed us from... A, a, a big amount of people have followed us from the 2010 um, till now. And it, we've just kind of created like a family almost. So when, when all these other ones do start up, um, it's not to say people aren't interested or they don't want to go, but like there's always that like uh, Urban Slags home kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I agree, man. It's like we've, def we've got the elements right. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the name as well. Everyone loves being called, everyone loves being an Urban Slag. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. 
Right. <laughs> the urban slag. I always thought, because you know, you have the uh, glass event. Yeah. It's gay, lesbian, and straight. I thought it was urban, straight, lesbian, and gay. Is that what it is? It is that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> is yeah. It? Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, not anymore. We don't really use that anymore, do we? Like, that's kind of what it was. That was initially the idea, which is actually quite outdated now, really. We were talking before this about um, the name, and we were cracking up because Natalie was remembering some of the um, some of the brainstorming <laughs> of potential ideas. What, what, what were some of the ones? Like velvet and like <laughs> silk. Like we tried we try to make it all sexy and stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, like... And, and we were like, no, this just isn't working. Like, it's not fitting. Like, yeah, it's not us. Our friend Brandy, like, he, he was, it was actually him that kind of like came up with the name. And we were like, whoa, like, that's that's like a bit, like, a bit raggo kind of thing. But then it just fitted. We're, we're like, you know, that's, that is what we're kind of going for. Like, we, we want to rave. We don't want something. Yeah. You have, to, you have to dress up in heels and, and, and mm -hmm. dress. Mm -hmm. And yeah, even though people do, but we just want it like a space, a comfortable space. And mm. yeah, just, it just fitted nice, basically. But yeah, we have some mad names that we come up with. Yeah, but I, I think we wanted to be a bit controversial with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, to say yeah. slag, mm. it's, it's jokes, and it? It's like owning it, and it? Like, we're the urban slags. We're, we're... Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I remember like slurring like the first year out to people, and we're going, come to urban slag. And they're, and they're like, what, who are you calling a slag? And we're like, <laughs> yo. They loved it, man. And then, yeah, then, then they adjusted to it, so yeah, it's jokes. And it's unforgettable, do you know what I mean? When I go to my friends, I'm like, oh yeah, so my plan is to go urban slag this month, then I'm going to go bootylicious next month. They're like, Kaylee, where the hell are you going? <laughs> <laughs> What are these places? Oh, <laughs> what yes. are for these places? I'm like, but if you come, you'll have an amazing time. And to be fair, my straight friends, they really do enjoy it. Like, Urban Slag's the closest gay club mm. that you can get to a straight club within the music, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Urban Slag as well. It's not just been a thing for, like, gay Birmingham. It's also been a thing. It's like straight Birmingham or whatever, black Birmingham, brown Birmingham. They see us now as well. So like we, yeah. we've created our own little thing, our own little family of people, but we're very much online. We're very proud and very out. And like, it's kind of like we've blurred the boundaries somewhat because like, most yeah. of our DJs are queer, but then we've got like some straight, straight DJs that play. And, um, you know, they've got it all over their Facebooks and their Instagrams and it's kind of, blurred the boundaries, I guess, of the kind of this idea of there being the, this gay, the gay community and the straight community, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, definitely. I was just going to say the family thing as well, because me and Natalie were speaking earlier and then I spoke to um, Monique briefly, um, you know, Monique, one of our DJs, yeah. who, Monique's been DJing since she was 19, forever and slag, yeah. <laughs> like, um, it's mad. She was just saying, like, I, I grew up there, like, I, I grew up in urban slag, and she said, I've watched other people grow up in urban slag as well. Like it's, um, you know I mean? It's like I've found myself there, I've had girlfriends there, I've had friendships there. Like, that's the thing is that the longevity of it, how long we've been going for, is quite a significant, has holds quite a significant place in people's hearts, you know what I mean? It's beautiful and it's nice to hear you talk about it with so much love, like you can tell. Yeah. You really love the event, do you know oh, what I mean? I love it, man. It's our, it's our baby, isn't it? Yeah, it's our baby, man. Absolutely, <laughs> man. So, like, literally, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it really lovely. is it's lovely to hear um and one thing me and Sherelle was talking earlier and we didn't know how to write this question down without it sounding mm. <laughs> but, um, one thing that i am going to say about urban slag is that mm. i don't know how you do it but you keep the crowd black in the sense that <laughs> <laughs> if you go to like top floor gales or mm. wherever mm. it's like they'll tr they'll play urban music 
So then they'll play like some commercial urban music. And if you go in the urban rooms now, even like Village Underground, it's because mm. it's a area, even though it's urban music. How do you mm. think ethnic minorities coming back and ensuring that it is authentic and the music that we listen to, that kind of thing? Mm. I'm just thinking, I think really that's a lot of that's down to um, the, the DJs as well, really. I guess, well, to us, we're not underground, like, but to the scene we are in terms yeah. of the music that we play. Yeah, that's true. Like, the girls and stuff have, like, an urban room and all this stuff. That These things weren't around, really, in the same way. Yeah. But they're not, you know, they're, they're top 40, like, you know, top, top of the pops charts, urban. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I guess we're not playing that. We're a bit more yard. <laughs> yeah. And a bit more, you know what I mean? Like, when we get into it with the, you know what I mean, some of the drum and bass even and, the house kind of stuff that you're not really going to get at those or the venues that are trying to do it but as a tag on as an add-on to what they're doing already yeah. do you know what i mean because they're trying to package it and uh, make it palatable to the majority white scene i guess yeah you know a little touch of spice <laughs> a little yeah. bit of this <laughs> a little bit of twerking and a little bit of backing it up but <laughs> it's not quite the same as Urban Slag is it? Urban Slag gets absolutely trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never left it so bad. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember like when people first started like coming up to me saying, "Oh yeah, I've heard of Urban Slag and stuff." Like some straight people that I'd met and stuff, and like kind of shut to me because I thought like, "How do you know about Urban Slag?" Like that, like the back, like, yeah. the, the lines were just merging, kind of thing. Um, mm. So I don't know. That's probably probably how I'd say it's like being so black because it's just a mixture of people um, that enjoy that type of music, enjoy the culture and stuff. So yeah. Again, another thing. I was speaking to my friend the other day, and she was just like, "Do you know like all the bashment songs and the ones with homophobic <laughs> lyrics?" And she's like, I, "I feel like I can't play them around you because blah blah blah." But then I was thinking. No, because I actually hear these songs in the rave. I don't think I've ever gone and not heard through them. How do you feel about that? So playing songs with homophobic language, obviously it's in bashment culture, in dancehall culture. What's your opinion on that? There are songs that have been played and stuff like that. And like, I think I think the first few times when me and Carrie's heard certain songs, we were a bit like, look at the DJ, like, uh, hold on a minute, like, cut this. Um, but you look around, everyone's just like enjoying the night, like just brooking out. We take on like uh, feedback quite seriously as well. Like, so if if anyone came up to us and said like, oh, I didn't like this song being played, you know, we, we, would, we would take that on. But we've never ever had anyone come up to us and say like, oh, you know, we don't like this song being played. But we are like, I think with our DJs, they're, they're very respectful anyway. Um, you know, whether it's straight or gay and stuff. Um, there are, I, I was thinking about this earlier. There are some songs that like, um, you know, that Sanchez song, Frenzy, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Me, oh gosh. Me and my friends live it up, live it up. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> um, oh, wow. yeah, like obviously with that song, it's like you're gonna get to the bit where it's like Minawano. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it, it, and it That's a, bit, a sad but, bit. But it's mad mm. because it's such a nice song. So I feel like mm. some DJs might have slipped up and played certain songs. And but because it's such a like you know the lyrics are nice and everyone's just jamming to it. Like it's not like we play songs that are like directly homophobic. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But, um, I feel like with the in urban slag, it's kind of like everyone's proud, not just like gay and proud, but proud of their culture as well. Um, you know, happy, proud to be in the space that they're in. So it's yeah, it, I can't explain it. It's a it's a it's a weird one, but it kind of mm. still works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that one about Sanchez because I, I spoke I spoke to Joe Jigger Joe Urban Slags, Auntie 
grandmother. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking, Joe. But um, she was saying as well, I think it's about how you play them sometimes. So, you know, if you play them in a happy hype set, in amongst happy hype feel good tunes, that sets an agenda in it. And also mm. part of it, I think for me, we, we haven't got a strict policy on it. Like we, we never really have done it. It's kind of almost an unspoken rule, I think, that people know they can't be playing some really explicitly anti-gay anti -gay songs. I can't, I, I've had moments in, when I'm in the club and I've looked up at the, yeah, like Natalie said to the DJ and been like, cut that shit, like move on, no, let's not play that. Um, but then at the same time, there's also a thing where people want to own it. Like Natalie's saying, it's their culture, it's our culture, whatever. Yeah. So they want to like, in a way, like dance into it. Like Joe was saying, Jigga was saying, like it's a bit of a fuck you to the people who made the song almost. Like you want to try and exclude us from this, but this is our song, this is our, this is our music too. And it's kind of like reclaiming it in a way. And, yeah. Um, being like, yeah, this is our music and, and we're going to own it in it. It's not for yours to, it's not for you to take. But at the same time, like not everyone in, in the rave will feel that way. So it's kind of like knowing that for some people they, they'll experience it like that, but for others they'll feel really uncomfortable. So yeah, like Monique was saying that she doesn't ever, like I say explicitly say, play songs that are quite obviously explicitly homophobic. Like yeah. she just won't, cause she just doesn't feel like that's the space at all for those songs to be played. And I agree with that sentiment. But I also agree with the concept of people owning shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't feel like to swear. You can't oh, swear. <laughs> <laughs> I can't swear. <laughs> owning stuff and reclaiming it for themselves and being like, well, this is mine. That's so true. It can be something quite powerful in that. Yeah, I think, that, I think it's powerful. That is powerful. But obviously no one's comfortable. I mean, you know what I mean? No one, yeah, it's it's not it's not comfortable when you hear, like, I don't feel comfortable hearing that. Like, me personally, I don't like, you know, love it. But I've, but I've danced to all those songs, the log on ones and all that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've danced to those, I've done the dance, like, like oh, non -stop punches. I've been in the rave doing that dance, like, it's mad. Like, mm. not even really not understanding or knowing what you're doing, almost. You just kind of, it's just automatic, and you're just like, I'm just doing the dance, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's complex, I don't know. We could talk about it, it's a whole show, isn't it? Yeah, no, seriously, it is complex. Like, even Sneakbo, touch a button. Do you understand how many times I've played that on radio, but it's a clean version? So I didn't even realise until literally, like, a couple of days ago that it's... I don't think I do. And I was just like, oh, rah, I didn't even know. Yeah, it's mad. It's probably snuck it in. You didn't be... I didn't even know that. I didn't know either. Moving on, let's talk about um, the venue change. Um, again, me... Being the age that I am, I've only ever known Urban Slag being at the core. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Red bar days, you would have been about you would have been about 13. <laughs> so exactly. As you said, people growing up in Urban Slag, I literally have grown up in Urban Slag. I remember you probably don't want to hear this, but Sherelle took me to Urban Slag when I was 16, I think. Don't put oh, that on yeah. me. <laughs> I don't want to get banned. <laughs> oh, Sherelle. Oh, it was amazing. I literally walked through the door on the Halloween one and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the best thing I have ever been to in my whole life. I love that, man. That's funny. And I couldn't tell like, my mum, I couldn't tell my brother, I couldn't tell anyone. I was just like, this is a secret for me and Sherelle. <laughs> I love that though. I was like, just seeing all the different generations in the rave now, like, even at like, the last event, like, there's us. 30 plus and then there's like the little like 18 year olds coming through and I'm like oh man this is so sweet that they've got this I love it yeah 
I'm like, yes, man, this is the next generation. <laughs> serious. And with the core closing, how was it finding another venue? Finding a new venue at the moment, like, um, yeah, it's a little bit tricky at the moment because, as you know, there's not really that many venues in the, in the scene. Um, we can't just take it to like Broad Street or something like that. Um, so no, we never like, do that. No, we never mm. do that. But yeah, um, that's too far. <laughs> what you were saying as well, it is like our home, isn't it? The core, like it has been our home. Yeah, it's been our home for like for a long time now. Yeah, for a long time. So it's very, it's very sad. I don't think I could ever walk into the core and it not be Urban Sag. Like yeah. I feel like it, it, it mm, just where yeah. Urban Sag is. My mum thinks the court is urban slag. Like, it, is, it is urban slag. <laughs> don't say the court. She'll be like, yeah, you know, urban slag. And I'm like, yeah, um, urban slag's not on. She's like, no, you know, urban slag. I'm like, oh, the court. <laughs> yeah. That's that so funny. We wish we owned the building, boy. I know, because the core only had like our event and like another event on. And I remember when like, I think like there was like a one-off event there. I remember like people messaged me saying, ah, oh, does, this, does this, this event happening at your venue? And it's like, yeah, there can be other events there kind of thing. But yeah, people kind of just like... Oh yeah, like another urban event, yeah. It was a bit like, we were a bit like, oh God, that's, that's, that's weird, but you know, whatever. But that just shows how much it lacks, the, the no spaces. Yeah. But we have always thought that if we do, when we do move, um, it needs to be somewhere, so like Digbeth, for example, is a bit cranked, or the Tunnel Club, where we were supposed to have this venue, which is the old Subway City, is at the back of kind of um, the jewelry court. So you're not like rolling out in your queerest clothes onto like a really busy street um, with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever. So we've tried to find places that are tucked away, I guess, but it's not yeah. that easy. It's not that easy. It's interesting though because of I can't remember what the pub's called, but do you know the pub next to the court? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like my mum always asked me about that. Like mm. obviously she's seen videos. Like I show my mum everything that goes down, <laughs> and she sees what like a lot of the guys wear at Urban Slag. Basically, like fishnets. Like they're living their whole best life. And my mum does ask mm. at the end of the night how with the people out of the pub mm -hmm. it's not like a ghetto pub but it's a bit rough and ready though mm. yes it is it is a ghetto pub it is <laughs> i went in there for a wee and i was terrified oh my god i thought i was gonna get robbed i was terrified oh friendly neighbors it's interesting that like that's been fine do you know what i mean yeah. well, i guess they know where they are man they're at the end of her street they've got a, they've got some rules they need to follow they're in our territory in a way yeah but that's mm. true i don't know like but that's the thing, that's what's nice about it. Like, yeah, like you roll out, you can go and get your food or whatever on the street. Um, yeah, definitely. So it is, it is difficult. And you <laughs> talked about the, 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 the gay bubble or whatever. Disappear, you know, like if you move yeah. out. But I think one of the things that's happening as well is that generally gay scenes and quarters and villages, whatever you want to call them, they're kind of changing somewhat because I think like we've supposedly been like able to, we're now able to access like, you know, heterosexual, heteronormative space. Is like yeah. we're allowed in now. Supposedly, you, you know, we can, you know, like gay rights and all this kind of stuff. We've developed so much, so it's almost like we don't need our spaces anymore. Like that's not what I think, but yeah. I feel like that's sometimes potentially where we're heading towards. Because those plans for like the village and stuff and development and stuff that I've heard about, and I'm not sure what it will look like in the future. Yeah, I heard that. That is sad, man. That makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs>
If they're gonna take our gay scene, I want I want us to have Arcadian. Oh my god, imagine! I, I, I want us to all, as a gay community, just take over Arcadian because that will be so lit. Colonize it. Yeah, and it. I only have to stumble a little bit to get to the next club. That would be great. <laughs> that would be so yeah. good. Yeah, it would be. Well, wherever Urban Slag goes, we will all go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the whole. That is the whole. I don't feel like it's the venue. It's what you provide, and I feel mm. like wherever you go, the vibe will follow. And yeah. everybody will come. I like that. Obviously, with coronavirus <laughs> just pissing us all off and lockdown, just cancelling Pride. And oh, I'm so pissed about it, you know. I could start crying. I, know, it's uh, crazy. I don't even want to talk about it, okay? <laughs> 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 My outfits have arrived. <laughs> oh, don't. Wow, don't. <laughs> You're doing um, a live stream on Instagram. Do you want to tell us more about it? Yeah. Um, I say it was like I was like DJing. Yeah, well, with the, obviously the whole Corona thing and stuff, we just um, our event that was meant to be our tenth anniversary um, on the twenty third of May. We decided to take it onto Instagram, do it um, on the live, into the live. Um, so yeah, just a way for everyone still to enjoy the music, the vibes, the good energy that we bring. Um, obviously, it won't be the same because we won't be able to see each other um, like that, but. Yes, just a just a opportunity for everyone to dress up and brook out, basically. Yeah, yeah I think um, we have to market. Yeah. yeah, we have to market still. Yeah. And yeah, everyone, I think everyone should get dressed up. Everyone should wear their pride clothes that they're intended to wear, and yeah. um, link in. And you know, like call your friends, like Zoom your friends or whatever, so you can watch yeah, it together it? almost. Make it as communal as possible. Yeah, there's like nah. a number of sets, and in between each set, we're gonna do like a mini. Um, mini competitions and giveaways it's gonna kind of be like um, oh that's so lit like a like like little quiz thing like like, like kind of urban slag quiz i've been probably giving away all the answers now in this podcast though i, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it carries don't say too much we're gonna okay we're gonna, we're gonna have to rethink that then <laughs> it's come that before but um yeah, but it just seemed like it just seemed like a shame and it like our 10th anniversary was just gonna go just like that with nothing even happening oh, it's a joke yeah, we so. wanted to have like a little mini exhibition and everything um, with like archives of you know old photos and videos and placards from previous Pride events. We had we had all these things lined up for this year, and that's obviously gonna have to get. We're gonna have to do something though when the when the time's right. But for now, yeah, yeah when lockdown's over, oh Everyone's my gosh, so... <laughs> it's going off. <laughs> that's gonna be the biggest ever. Segment. I'm going to tape a bottle of vodka to my hand, and I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> That's what I'm doing the whole time. What do you mean? I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> no, I'm safe for myself. Laughing, laughing. Um, so where can everyone follow Urban Slag to get themselves ready for the live stream? Um, our Instagram account Urban Slag at Urban Slag or one word. Um, obviously our Facebook as well. Because we, I mean, there's, there's possibility to live stream it to different on different platforms, but I don't know if we're techy enough for that yet. Um, so Instagram's where it's going to be at. Um, yeah, it's going to be starting from seven pm, uh, and we're going to go on yeah. to said like midnight, didn't we? So it's not too crazy. It's not too, you know, it's not what it would be. So we're from five am and five am, aren't we? But I don't think you can do a live stream at five am. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't know what that would look like. That would just get really messed in. I'd be passed out drunk within the first three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, as well, we encourage people like you know you can interact and stuff on the on the Instagram live, you can kind of um, 
Click. Oh, add to each other's like to the chat and stuff. Yeah, like click, like to, to the, be part to of the, the video and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. because uh, I was going to ask you this: Can people request to come onto the live so they can dance and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. I will be doing that. <laughs> I, will be as interactive as I will be there as interactive as possible. Um, I can't wait. I really, really cannot wait. And if you're listening to the podcast and you don't come, you're a snake because <laughs> all you gotta do is go on your phone. And I'm DJing, so you need to be there. Otherwise, I will not. <laughs> no excuse. Yeah, we gotta pay entry. Yeah, get your pride stuff on. So if you do come on a video, you know you can. You know, you look all pride-like. Yeah. Get your drinks in. Yeah. Make sure you've got enough ice. Ooh. I mean, mixers, yeah, you know. Stop it. Have, stop have it. pre-drinks and have pre-drinks, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. No worries. Happy, thanks no, for having no us on, man. Doing really good things. I know, yeah. No worries. And I'm so excited for everyone to come on the live again next week. Um, 23rd of May, which is next Saturday, um, 7 until 12. If we run over, then let us live. On your gaydar discussing all things LGBT, be sure to follow us on social media. It's at On Your Gaydar across all socials.